And here we go on a beautiful Thursday afternoon. This is HSK Today. Brian McCormick here, you there. Jared Justice on the other side of the glass as we get set to talk horse hockey and get you ready for the final four games of this six-game road trip for the Henderson Silver Knights. Busy, busy sports day, uh, week even, here in the early going of March as uh, news broke today that the uh, Major League Baseball and the Players Association have come to a tentative agreement. So it looks like baseball season is saved, set to start on April 7th. So that seems to be the uh, the hot news of the day. But, of course, there's uh, March Madness basketball as the conference uh, tournament's going on right now, including, I think, I think five. Five in Vegas right now, if I'm not mistaken. One of them, the uh, inaugural event at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson. The Big West Championship's going on uh, even as we speak. So there's basketball, there's baseball, we're getting close to football, free agency, and of course plenty of hockey with the trade deadline just a couple of weeks away and some big regular season matchups uh, that are going to draw a lot of eyeballs, including tonight in Buffalo with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, bringing Jack Eichel with them to make his return in, uh, in Buffalo against the Sabres. So there's, it's, I think with the grab bag feel that uh, the sports landscape has right now, uh, we'll have a little bit of a grab bag show. Of course, we'll talk about the Silver Knights who have had some time to, to regroup after uh, back-to-back losses in Ontario last weekend, one of which in overtime they got a point out of. Um, but for the Silver Knights, uh, important for them to, to get themselves going in the right direction now over the final four games of this uh, road trip that is going to take them to Des Moines uh, to face the Iowa Wild this weekend and then to Sandy to kick off what is going to be a run of four consecutive games against the Gulls. So we'll get into the, the road trip that is to come and the uh, the significance of it. I think for the Silver Knights, again, anytime we talk about anything in, in terms of franchise history, it's such a young franchise, so you take that with a little bit of, I don't want to say a grain of salt, but understand it for the hyperbole that it is. Uh, but this could be the most uh, important road trip that the franchise has had in terms of uh, riding the ship, getting back in the wind column, uh, and also trying to firm up its positioning in the Pacific uh, Division. We're going to give you a look at what the landscape looks like right now. So we'll discuss that in our first segment. We'll have Paul Cotter on in the second segment, talk about his strong play of late as he's been finding the back of the net, and he can give us uh, a little bit of uh, inside baseball on exactly how the Silver Knights are working through this current rough patch. And then as we get ready again uh, with all the different uh, athletic breaking news and uh, uh, sports implications in not just the Vegas Valley, but in Henderson in particular, we are coming up on opening day for the Vegas Nighthawks at the DLC. They'll take on the Northern Arizona Wranglers on March 18th. And we're going to have Nighthawks head coach Mike Davis on the program in the final segment to Get us ready for opening day and uh, familiarize ourselves with uh, not just indoor football, but also his roster and what his team has been up to. They're in the middle of uh, training camp now, and, and they had a scrimmage earlier today. So I'm sure uh, Mike Davis learned a lot this morning about his squad. He can share that with us. So all that and more on HSK Today. And as always, welcome you to uh, reach out to the show. Let us know what we're doing wrong. You can tweet me directly at Brian J. McCormick at Brian J M C C O R M A C K and uh we will gladly uh, address all of your concerns throughout the show as they roll in. So, let's turn our attention you know immediately to the the weekend that was uh and what is now on the horizon for the Silver Knights. Silver Knights falling 
in Ontario on Friday, a 3-2 loss to the rain, and then on Saturday, a 6-3 loss to Ontario. That uh, was certainly closer than that score indicates. That was a game that was 3-3 uh, as, as late as the, uh, the five-minute mark of the third period. So I think for the Silver Knights, you know, with that loss, they're, they're now 0-4-1 in their last five uh, and 1-6-1 in their last eight. Those are not numbers that, that Silver Knights fans are accustomed uh, to seeing. And for the Silver Knights, without question, this has been their, their uh, most challenging rough patch of the season to date. The good news is is that anytime you're struggling like that, you, you just start to look for those early indications that you're coming out of it. Think of it as a baseball player. If you're 0 for 20 or 0 for your last 25, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be probably trying to do too much. But eventually you're going to hit a ball on the screws and you're going to line out to short. And it doesn't help your statistics much, but at least you can say, you know what, I hit the ball hard, I put it in play, uh, I, I did everything I could do with that pitch, I'm seeing the ball better. That, that, that's an indication, I hit the ball hard, yeah, I went right to somebody, it was an atom ball, but I'm, I'm, getting, I'm having good at-bats, and eventually balls are going to drop in and things are going to start shifting the other way. I think for the Silver Knights you can say they had their good at-bat, this past weekend. The loss to Ontario on Friday, the 3-2 overtime loss to the rain. First of all, for the Silver Knights, you can take solace in the fact that they got to overtime because they were losing that game 2-0 with just over three minutes left in the third period. They pulled the goaltender twice. They were rewarded for it twice. Ben Jones and then Gage Quinney both scoring. Uh, for Jones, it was in a 6-on-4 situation. For Quinney, it was a six-on-five situation. If you're the Silver Knights, that's your good at-bat. And that was a game where they outshot Ontario before before overtime. Prior to overtime, they outshot the Reign 32-22, and this is the best offensive team in the American Hockey League. The Silver Knights controlled that game at five-on-five. Five. Now, you you got to do something with it. And without question right now, the Silver Knights, one of the, the issues they're having, they're having a hard time scoring. They've got a lot of guys who are snake bit at the same time. They've scored eight goals in their last five games. That's got to get better. And part of that is just going to be you got to finish. If, if you have a goaltender one-on-one, you got in, you know, a clean look, you you got to score goals. That's easier said than done, and there's probably more instruction going into it than that. But to to simplify it as best we can, the Silver Knights could use their goal scorers to, to find a, a little bit more success. Um, that's going to come. But for them to outshoot Ontario and to do so dramatically, and, and now, uh, and I apologize for not having the, the number directly in front of me, I want to say that the Silver Knights, I think they've outshot the opponent now six games in a row. Or if it's not six games in a row, then it's five games in a row, and they're 0-4-1 they're during that stretch. I think it's five games in a row to, to, to catch myself. And they're 0-4-1 during that five-game stretch. That, again, is when, okay, we're getting shots. We have control of the puck. We're just not doing enough with it. We're just not getting that kind of natural finish that we need. Uh, and that's going to come. It's going to require certain individuals to to, to find a way. Uh, but right now you've got Pavel Dorofiev is scoring. Paul Cotter is, is largely scoring. Uh, and you have... Uh, Gage Quinney, who's been bouncing in and out a little bit, but he's producing pretty regularly. After that, it starts to get a little bit dry 
for the Silver Knights in terms of looking for their regular production. And what was a good good sign for the Silver Knights on, on Saturday against Ontario, the, the following game, was they got a goal and an assist from Jack Dugan, who was in the middle of a, a very lengthy slump. They finally got him to break out, but unfortunately for him, he didn't play in the third period, was injured, and now it looks like he's going to be, uh, it looks like in, in uh, we'll, we'll say a day-to-day situation for now, but that's going to get a little bit more clarification probably over the weekend. Uh, that they might not have Jack Dugan at their disposal for a little bit now. But so for, for that that effort, late in the third period, a 2 nothing deficit, they found a way. They reached down for that urgency, that that honestly a, de- a little bit of desperation with the way that they've, uh, the results they've been getting of late. They found a way to push it to overtime, and then Martin Furk just had the last lap. After there were back and forth odd man rushes traded, Martin Furk scored in overtime. What are you going to do? You know, three on three, somebody's got to lose, and and the Silver Knights came up on the wrong end of that game. But they could feel proud of themselves and 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 happy that they got a point, that they got to overtime, that they were able to answer the bell. And again, interpret that as, all right, now we're doing things right. We've controlled the game. We've controlled five on five. We had chances. We created and and capitalized when we absolutely had to. That's a step in the right direction following night the silver knights never led against ontario but it was punch counter punch first helga gran scored early jack dugan answered leas anderson scored midway through the first period pavel dorofiev answered early in the third period trailing 3-2 derek pouliot driving the net answered the problem for the silver knights in that game was you can only go punch counter punch without grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck for so long before against a, a team in Ontario that averages four goals a game, eventually they're going to pull away. And the Rasmus Kapari goal where he dangled not one but two Silver Knights to score a nice little highlight reel goal, that was the moment where for the Silver Knights it was finally like, <sighs> okay, that's that, that that's that's the, the punch we can't answer. Um, and that's a game that, that got away from them in the last half of the third period. But for the Silver Knights, you could say for five and a half periods out of six against the number two team in the Western Conference and the team that might be the most talented in the Western Conference, the Silver Knights were right there. Now, I don't know how many moral victories you can you can take from that because, again, at the end of the day, you could be happy about that, but you still have to find a way to start winning some hockey games, uh, and the Silver Knights are, are no exception as they've now dropped to sixth in the Pacific. Um, but that, that to me, this weekend was emblematic. This was their good at bat. This was hitting the ball hard and hitting it right at somebody. And you know what? The next broken bat, uh, you know, loft into the outfield is going to find some grass. That's what this was for the Silver Knights. Now they need to back that up. And they've now had a few days to rest and recuperate and get their legs underneath them back here at home before they get to the airport tomorrow to head out to Des Moines. Um, now they need to, to follow up on that. Uh, but there were a lot of indications this past weekend that the they were starting to turn the tide a little bit. Now, if they can get some natural some natural finish, if their goal scorers can start fi- you know capitalizing, that can make a huge difference in a very small sample size coming forward. Now, looking at the the weekend that is to come, the Henderson Silver Knights will be in Iowa to face the Wild. Their first time meeting with the Wild since uh, late November as they played twice at the Orleans Arena on the 27th and 28th. And, of course, many fans will remember the last time these two teams met back on November 28th. That was the uh, dramatic 
Silver Knights uh, comeback, the, a 5-2 deficit became a 6-5 win with three goals in the final uh, three minutes and change. So that's the last time these two teams squared off. Since then, the Wild have, have struggled mightily. They've uh, lost three in a row. They have two wins in their last ten. It's been a tough, tough sledding for the Wild, who are sixth in the Central, uh, only leading Texas in the Central Division. Uh, and part of the reason is that they've they've lost some of their firepower as well, especially Matt Boldy, who has done so well with the Minnesota Wild. You could probably say probably a little late for it with the kinds of seasons that uh, Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond and a few others are having. But Matt Boldy, if uh, you extrapolate his numbers over a full season, you know he would maybe be in you know Rookie of the Year conversations in the National Hockey League. But uh, Matt Boldy is is in Minnesota and looks like he's there for good. Uh, and for that, the Iowa Wild have had to rely heavily on uh, another rookie and a veteran, a first-round pick in 2019, Marco Rossi, uh, who has slowed down uh, pretty pretty significantly of late, but he still has 42 points in 44 games. He's, of course, the player uh, most, to ke- uh, most worthy of, of keeping your eye on. But in the last seven games, he has two goals and four points. That's nothing to sneeze at either. But he's slowed down. He's come down to earth just a little bit of late. Uh, the veteran Kyle Rao, who is in his fourth season in Iowa, he's been uh, the hot hand of late. He has back-to-back three-point games. And after that, it kind of starts to, to drop off. Mason Shaw, Nick Sweeney, they're, they're dangerous players on this Iowa team. But I think if you remember back to last time we talked about the Iowa Wild, uh, it was a team that had so much production from Marco Rossi and from Matt Boldy. Uh, Matt Boldy not in the equation anymore. So with that, you have uh, that's what the Iowa Wild bring, and they'll be starting a six-game homestand at Wells Fargo Arena on Saturday for the rest of the road trip. And we can really almost call it its own mini playoff series if you want to. The, the four-game stretch against San Diego, that has such heavier implications than it looked like it would have even just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, of course, the San Diego Gulls, a team that has uh, struggled mightily for the first two-thirds of the season, kind of started to find their way before they went into a buzzsaw and, and got knocked around by the Colorado Eagles after leaving their last visit to Vegas. Uh, San Diego's lost three in a row. They're 500 over their last 10. So uh, after a really good showing against the Silver Knights, they have cooled off a little bit as well. Um, but the Silver Knights in sixth, the San Diego Gulls in seventh, they're separated by 10 points. Silver Knights have lost all three meetings with San Diego this season, and the goals have just looked better. And whether that's a matchup or just the Silver Knights being a little bit flat, of course, we know the Silver Knights have not play, played their best hockey of late, so you can add that to the equation. Regardless, San Diego currently sits in the last playoff spot in the Pacific Division. Surprisingly, you know, again, looking tighter than it maybe felt, Tucson is two points behind them, as are the San Jose Barracuda. So there's a big gap between six and seven, but then those three teams are bunched together. The reason I bring this up is if the Silver Knights can't right the ship and take care of business in the four consecutive games against San Diego, regardless of what happens in Iowa this weekend, you've got San Diego in San Diego on the 16th and 18th, then at the Orleans on the 19th, and then back in in San Diego again on the 22nd. That 10-point gap that the Silver Knights uh, have over San Diego right now, they can either nearly double it and put themselves very, very, very comfortably in, at the very least, uh, you know, the sixth spot, if not make up ground on Abbotsford and Bakersfield ahead of them. Or if it goes the other direction, well, that 10-point gap can get cozy and tight really quickly. So, uh, And, of course, a split down the middle pretty much holds serve. But for the Silver Knights, uh, opportunity and risk in that four-game stretch 
against the San Diego Gulls that is upcoming. And I uh, you know, don't think that the Gulls aren't looking at the uh, that stretch on the calendar themselves and saying, all right, this is our chance. If we're going to make a move at all to climb up higher in the, in the Pacific standings, this is our chance to make some hay. So very important for the Silver Knights to get back in the win column, of course, for their own purposes, their own prerogatives. But also uh, these are games that can have substantial swing momentum uh, in what is right now a cushion for protection for Henderson in the Pacific. That, uh, that makes this a very important two-week stretch, uh, and we'll see if indeed the Silver Knights are seeing the ball better after what they did over the weekend in Ontario. We will hop out. When we come back, we'll have Paul Cotter. He can add a little better context to all this as he is uh, one of the Silver Knights in the trenches. He'll join us on HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. HSK Today. Berkey and Quine on the ice along with Jones and Cutter. Dilatory now replaced by Pouliot. Bouncing puck at the slot. Cutter fights it. He scores. Loose puck as the Roadrunners couldn't control it. It bounced to the high slot. And Paul Cutter whips it past Prosvitov. It's a power play goal, and we are tied at one. Back on HSK today, Brian McCormick here with you. The Henderson Silver Knights getting ready for a four-game trip to Des Moines and to San Diego and to help us get ready for that weekend trip. We're joined by Paul Cotter. Paul, thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Well, first, Paul, to start things off, you guys have had a couple of days uh, to, to regroup here this week uh, since the Ontario weekend. What have you guys mostly focused on at practice over the last couple of days to get ready for uh, the Iowa Wild? Um. You know, not too much change. I think uh, as a team, we know what we need to do to win. Um, and so it's pretty much just been the same message, just making sure that we uh, just continue to play our game and um, try and minimize the mistakes as we uh, get farther into the season. It has been a little bit of a, a rough patch for you guys, wins and losses-wise, and that's no secret. But I, I felt this weekend in Ontario – Two games where it felt like you guys controlled a lot of the five-on-five play. Did, did this feel like a weekend where maybe the tide was starting to turn a little bit in terms of, of you guys getting some breaks? Um, I mean, every every team, um, obviously it's a roller coaster for majority of teams throughout the season. Um, but uh, as I said before, we know what we need to do. Um, and, and when we have off periods or even off games or, you know, hopefully not, but sometimes an off weekend, um, we know right away. So um, whether it's just forecheck or defensive play, uh, I think each player on the team knows um, what they do right or what they do wrong throughout the game. So I think it's an easy fix. Talking about Paul Cotter, you know, Paul, something that's actually been kind of new over the last four or five games, you guys, you guys have outshot the opponent f- five games in a row, uh, which – wasn't the the norm really for the first two thirds of the season? So again, you guys have had the puck a lot more. You've been generating chances. What have you guys been doing right over the last five games to 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 have possession to be to be creating? Yeah, shots is shots is a big thing. We we've been pretty hard on that throughout practice and just throughout the games, emphasizing on more shots, more shots, more shots. Um, and they're never a shot's never a bad one, especially when in this game it's uh, quite literally is a game of inches. There's 
every shot, weird bounces, tips, deflections, like it's crazy. Uh, and as I've, as you look at the at the higher level, higher level, uh, majority of the goals are just kind of crazy goals. Uh, I mean, obviously there's you know very skilled guys that can make pretty cool plays, but um, the majorities are off a of foot or off a of stick or off something just because of the defensive play is is so close to perfect up there. Well, you have seven goals and ten points over the last twelve. It, it feels like for for right now there are a lot of guys who are you know having a hard time uh, finding the back of the net right now, just going through a, a little bit of a lull. But you know you've been able to score Pavel Dorofiev scoring goals. I wonder when when the team as a whole is is having a little bit of trouble finding the back of the net. Are you aware? Are players aware when okay, it's it's going in for me right now, and and I need to be one of the guys to 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 produce. Does does that ever occur to you, or or is it uh, in the background? Um, it's a little bit of both. Um, I obviously take pride on, um, you know, producing. I think it's as a player, I, I need to do that. Um, there's players that kind of know their roles and, um, I'm, I don't think I'm going to score, you know, 50 goals <laughs> this year, but, um, definitely if I play my game the right way, then scoring opportunities are going to come and, you know, each player has got to take those opportunities and make sure they finish. So, um, with me lately, they've uh, they've been going in, and um, it's a lot of the times just a reflection of you know your practice. If you have a good week, then you know normally going into the games, uh, you know it hopefully continues. So um, just yeah, just making sure I'm I'm doing all the little details and stuff, and um, so it's it's been going well with me. And obviously, Pav is uh, like a natural goal scorer, so I think he's always going to have a hot stick, but. Um, yeah, when you're hot, you're hot. So uh, I just got to keep making sure I get pucks on that, and hopefully uh, the streak continues. Talking to Paul Cotter, you know, another player up front, uh, recently moved up front, uh, or at least more often, is Peter Dillabatori. I know with the 11 forward, 7 defenseman format that Manny Vivros has been using, we've seen him tossed up front for a shift here and there, but he's been playing forward the last couple of games. And he's such a happy-go-lucky guy. I, I know he's got the the, the skill set to play up there, but there's a uh, a layer of, of agitator to Peter Dillabatori's game that we saw in Ontario that uh, that I wasn't expecting. How has he been adapting to that role? You know what? I give him a lot of credit. Uh, it's it's not easy. It's it's not easy to, especially with pro hockey, all the systems and craziness that goes around the rink and everything. It's it's not easy. So I give them a lot of credit, you know, playing defense and learning all their systems and, and coming up to offense and trying to figure out our systems is, is a whole new ball game. So, and he's done really well. He's, uh, he's one of the best guys ever off the ice. Uh, as you said, happy go luck. He's, he's always in a good mood. And, um, but you know, yeah, there's, there's stuff that makes him tick. That's for sure. When he's out there, he's, uh, he's, he's a lot stronger than he looks. Uh, we were, kind of practicing around fighting today and uh he's, he's, he's a strong kid you know and when he gets angry it's, it's a little scary so but no props to him he's he's done really well um and you know he's a really skilled player so uh, hopping up on offense um kind of seems like a natural for him so um hopefully he can continue to keep playing as well as he is i'm sure our fans would love to know practicing fighting what does that entail <laughs> Uh, well, hopefully I, you guys won't see anytime soon, but, um, <laughs> just, uh, I think there's, there's a lot of points where, um, especially as players,
uh, you tend to get people pretty upset and, you know, you, you get pretty pissed off too with, with stuff that happens. So um, it's important to know how to defend yourself. And we have a few guys that uh, that are out here now that are just kind of helping us with little tweaks and grabs and stuff just to, you know, make sure we don't get hurt instead of uh, the Paul out of rage trying to <laughs> take down tough guys. So it hasn't worked so far, so... Uh, some lessons are going to be very helpful. Of of the guys who are uh, practicing this week or looking for pointers, who needs the most work? Uh, I'd say probably either me or Dilly. Um, <laughs> I think I'm a I think I'm a I'm a pretty strong kid, so uh, if I if I figure out how to properly use that strength, I think it could be pretty beneficial. But um, you know, when you're training against guys that are Named Jermaine Lowen and Mason Prima. I don't think he has the best advantage when it comes to that one. <laughs> and Jermaine Lowen looks like he might be back in the mix soon, so that's good news for you guys. I wonder, Paul, so last year was a 39-game regular season. Uh, of course, the year before that with uh, the pandemic at the end of the year, that, that season got cut short. We've played 46 games this season. There's still another 22 to go. Now, that this is a normal year uh of course any time before 2020 but it takes a while to get conditioned back into normal again does i wonder does this season feel long to you guys as you work your way through it uh you know it does yeah it's and uh, i think it's a good thing um especially guys that uh, have played a couple of years at college i'm sure this is a little bit of a change coming into the rookie season um but, no, it's nice. Yeah, my my first year pro got cut short, and then obviously the second one even shorter. So it's 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 nice to kind of go back to a little bit of normal. Um, <clears throat> just kind of being able to do your whole pregame routine. Um, and, you know, just, it's it's nice. Everything's open. It's, you know, people seem to be a little bit happier and stuff. So, I mean, that helps with the city and fans. And um, it is nice. I mean, you can, you can kind of get into a groove of things. Um, which is uh, which is really beneficial throughout all the season. Talking with Paul Cotter. Paul, you guys have four more games on this road trip now. First Iowa, then San Diego, and that'll be the beginning of a run of four straight games against San Diego, a team that's trying to, to catch you guys in the Pacific. Does this road trip, as, as you guys try to get back in the in the win column, any added significance or, or focus uh, discussion amongst you guys of, of what needs to be accomplished over the next couple of weeks, or is, is this a road trip like any other? Uh, no, it's important. It's it's win. Um, I don't think we can go into this road trip uh, just like every other one. It's an important one. We've we've lost a few in a row, which is not like this organization at all. So um, uh, this is big. Yeah, we, we were starting to fall a little bit into the rankings there. So um, obviously that's not something that we did last year, and we have the team. Um, you know, we as as our team, we shouldn't be there. So, a lot of emphasis this week on winning and <clears throat> pretty much doing anything you can to to win. And um, a lot of meetings, a lot of video, um, and it's uh, it's a big weekend for us. So we know the importance of it uh, of the standings and as as this weekend showing how our team can move on forward, dealing with a little bit of adversity and losses. And so um, this is a big one and. This, uh, we expect nothing but wins. How do you expect to pack one suitcase for Des Moines in March and then a week in San Diego? That's a challenge. 
That is a challenge. Uh, if I remember correctly, though, in Chicago, I think the announcer said something. We, there was like a poll, um, and I packed the most, apparently, so I should be fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> Paul Cutter dresses based on mood. <laughs> apparently, yeah, I guess. Uh, I think fashion's a big thing for me, too, so always got to look good, feel good, play good. Well, we look forward to it, and we uh, look forward to a good road trip and what you guys can do in uh, Des Moines this weekend. Paul Cotter, thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it, and uh, good luck this weekend. Sounds good. Thank you, Brian. That is Henderson Silver Knights forward Paul Cotter, who, uh, again, he, he's one of the guys who's been finding a way to produce seven goals, ten points in the last 12, and the Silver Knights uh, will continue to lean on him as well. And, you know, again, it might be even more important for the Silver Knights uh, to, to find a little bit more offense in the days ahead because uh, they had the benefit of getting Logan Thompson back into the mix this past weekend in Ontario. Didn't translate to wins, but, of course, uh, LT has been the Silver Knights' number one for the majority of the last two seasons. They will not, or at least at this moment, uh, they will not have him at their disposal for this weekend in Des Moines because the VGK announced uh, about 15 minutes ago that Logan Thompson has been recalled to the Golden Knights. So uh, I, I believe that means that Logan Thompson will join the team in Buffalo, or at least he'll he'll meet them as soon as he can get to them. Uh, he will not be with the Silver Knights when they travel to Des Moines. So that's uh, certainly uh, important both uh, for the VGK and the HSK, but for the Silver Knights, uh, it'll be uh, Dylan Ferguson and Yuri Patera both available to them this weekend when they take on the Wild. Uh, and we'll see how the uh, coaching staff looks to divvy up that uh, time between the pipes. Silver Knights fans, kickoff is coming at the Dollar Loan Center. Head coach Mike Davis and the Vegas Nighthawks will begin their inaugural season at the DLC on March 18th when they welcome the Northern Arizona Wranglers. Visit NighthawksFootball.com and get your tickets today, NighthawksFootball.com. Uh, and, of course, for all things at the DLC, you can head to the new website, TheDollarLoanCenter.com, TheDollarLoanCenter.com. Uh, that's for Nighthawks football, for Silver Knights hockey, which will be at the DLC on April the 2nd. All kinds of uh, great and exciting things coming to Henderson. And, of course, the Big West Basketball Championships are going currently as we speak at the DLC. And that's uh, I've been over there, of course, uh, getting a look at the building and preparing for uh, move-in for the uh, – you know, the regular day-to-day -day activities for the HSK and the Nighthawks going forward. So that's been my opportunity to see the Dollar Loan Center. But your opportunity to get into the building, interact with it, become comfortable in your new home, well, that's right now with Big West basketball and Vegas Nighthawks football on the horizon. So make sure you get your seats uh, and uh, get in there now because it is a, a basilica for sports in, in Henderson. And it's uh, right off exit 5 on the 215. Great place to check out, so do it uh, Do it now. Do it now and uh, become comfortable with your new home. Well, we're going to get a little more comfortable with Nighthawks football because when we come back, we will have head coach Mike Davis on the line to uh, get us more familiar with his expectations for his team and its inaugural season at the DLC. That's straight ahead on HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. Is this the Krusty Krab? 
No! This is HSK Today. Back on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you. We are eight days away from opening day of the IFL season in the first home game for the Vegas Nighthawks at the Dollar Loan Center. And what better time than now to be joined by the head coach of the Vegas Nighthawks, Mr. Mike Davis. Mike, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Brian. So, Mike, you know, I got to meet you at the very end of August when you were introduced as the head coach and you know, we talked about the timeline leading up to opening day, and it well, it feels like a whirlwind to me, but well, these many months later, you've been a busy guy. You've been putting together this roster and getting ready for, for action. Is it is it a little surreal that opening day is so close? Yeah, it is. You know, obviously when you see the turf down and then you see Big West in there and you see kind of what the arena is going to look like and how loud it is, it's, uh, it's quickly coming together. And you guys are in the middle of uh, training camp right now getting ready for the 18th. Uh, you've gotten the guys on the field. How have you liked the look of the squad so far? Good. You know, obviously for an expansion team, we don't have the the luxury of having all those returners and things like that. But uh, love, the, love the group of guys we got. We just had a scrimmage today and then kind of evaluate some film and uh, myself and the coaches and got some tough decisions ahead of us. How did the, uh, like you said, there's you don't have the, the benefit of returning players. Having said that, playing in a brand-new facility in Vegas. I imagine uh, even the geography alone was a pretty good recruiting tool when you were looking for players over the last several months. Oh, absolutely. I mean, first of all, Vegas, is, is the weather is gorgeous, and then you, you throw in, you know, the Dollar Loan Center and $100 million arena, you know, class of the class for the Indoor League and, and Honor League Sports Series. Talking to Mike Davis, whose team will take on the Northern Arizona Wranglers on March 18th, just eight days away. For the fans who have you know perused the roster, there are a few names that, that are going to be familiar, especially from uh, fans who follow the, the college game. There are going to be some familiar names. Who have you liked so far from uh, the on-field activities? Who, who's, uh, who's impressed you? You know, I think, uh, I don't know if I could say just one, one guy. Like, you know, the, there's been a couple guys from UNLV that have, have really kind of hit home runs. and uh, You know, both linebackers are playing stellar as far as Javon Ferguson and Gabe McCoy. Uh, you know, we have some, we have tons of speed on the, on the edges as far as the receivers go. And people that, uh, guys that people know like Katie Cannon and Casey Allison being a local Vegas guy. So um, it's been fun to watch. Is there, are there certain elements of fans who, who are more uh, familiar with, with the NFL game or the 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 hundred yard field, are there elements that are more important or less important uh, emphasized in the IFL game? Is 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 quarterback play just as important in the IFL as it is in the NFL? Is is speed or size emphasized more? Is there any any difference there? You know, I think quarterback play is important on all levels. Uh, obviously, maybe a little more important in the indoor game just because it's it's such a tight space, it's combined, intimate setting. Uh, you know, if you make it, most likely, if you make a mistake in the indoor game, the ball gets intercepted. Where, you know, if you make it make a mistake on the big field in the NFL, that you know, most of the time, the ball gets balled and complete. So you live to fight another day. Looking at your at your schedule and the way things line up, you're going to play the Arizona Rattlers twice, who are have been a perennial 
IFL powerhouse. And, of course, we're in the United Bowl uh, championship last year. The Massachusetts Pirates won the United Bowl. They're on your schedule. How do you like the way this season shapes up? For, for fans who uh, are excited about you know seeing the league as a whole, it's, it's a very talented schedule that you guys have. Yeah, the league didn't do us any favors being an expansion. You know, you normally get one one or the other teams that were in the championship, but you normally don't get both. Like, let's have to play Arizona twice and, and Pirates once. So, it's, uh, you know, we got we got our work cut out for us, but, you know, we'll be up for the challenge and we'll put a competitive progress on the field. Talking to Vegas Nighthawks head coach Mike Davis, you guys have been doing workouts outside. Of course, it's an indoor league. So when you get an opportunity now to move into the dollar loan, Sarah, bring your practices and your workouts inside to the DLC, does that change things, or does it? Does player evaluation change? Does a player look different inside than maybe the read you get on him playing out uh, outdoors? No, I don't think so. I, you know, we, we, we mark off the field the same, so it's still 28 yards wide and, and 50 yards long. So, I mean, Anything you do outside, you should be able to do inside. What changes is outside, you know, if there's a bad ball, a guy's going to catch it, run out of what, what they think is run out of bounds, where when you're inside, you catch a bad ball and you're in the second row. Right. Well, and I wonder, you know, it's it's for most sports, most levels, you, you expect opening day you don't necessarily have everything worked out by opening day. The the the, the plays and the, the game plan are set, but, you know, players might still have some cobwebs to knock off. Do you expect perfection from a group on, on game one, or does it take a couple of weeks into the season until everyone's firing on all cylinders? You know, I don't think you ever ever reach perfection, Brian, to be honest with you. I think yeah. you look for greatness, and, you know, you, you try to get you try to attain perfection, and, and then you achieve greatness is what I always tell people. And, you know, for us, we just – we just want to be fundamentally sound, not turn the ball over. We'll play hard. We'll play physical, and then kind of let let's see uh, how the ball bounces. Is there a lot of uh, game film, things of that nature, to go off of for the first game against Northern Arizona, or is there significant turnover for teams from season to season that it'll be a little bit uh, of a for all teams, you know, figure it out as the game goes along? You know, I think coaching coaches have their coaching styles, and, and most don't stray away from what they know and what they really like and enjoy. Um, but we'll go in with a game plan and we'll have we'll have two alternates just in case and, and we'll kind of let it play out and see where we're at, try to get it to halftime where we're ahead or close and then go from there. With Mike Davis, uh, Mike, you've had a chance, I'm sure, to go and, and look at the Dollar Loan Center and then you know, see where the, the team will be. Uh, getting ready for games and you know familiarize yourself with it a bit. A lot of fans still have not. Uh, what have you liked about the building, and what do you think the fans are going to like? I mean, there's not a, first of all, there's not a bad thing now. Like it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, you know, they have every bells and you know all the bells and whistles. And, uh, it's just literally, Brian. It's a cool atmosphere mm. that you, I don't see how you cannot like. And then secondly, it's it's got the potential to be unbelievably loud, which I which I appreciate. Now you're a busy guy on the sidelines, so you don't ordinarily get an opportunity to, to watch from the seats. But you know, for fans who don't know, for indoor football, would you? What, what's your preference? Where would you want to sit? Would you want the 25 yard line seat, or would you like the end zone seat? You know, I mean, some people who, who just want to go and enjoy the game, it, you know, 
anywhere between the 20s is great. Just like like in between the blue lines, we're related to hockey. Okay. But if you want the real action for me, it's, you know, I want from the 10-yard line all the way around to the end zone because it, that's where the ball, that's where all the action happens. And, and in our conversations we've had the past, fan, fans can anticipate a, a high-scoring product. That's what the IFL is built for. Correct. Well, that's going to be exciting and and again you so you had your scrimmage this morning uh and it looks like uh your 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 uh your team are you are you ready for a high flying attack is that the is the offense looking the way you want it to look I mean we're not where we need to be yet but we're getting there you know like day by day we're getting better and you know we have to we have some like I said we have some tough decisions to make and once we kind of make those decisions and figure out how we're going to construct this roster to, to have the best possible outcome and the best team possible, then we'll fine-tune some things and, and be ready for next Friday. Well, it's going to be here before we know it. Again, next Friday, 7 p.m. kickoff against the Northern Arizona Wranglers at the brand-new Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, and Mike Davis's Vegas Nighthawks will be ready to go. And, uh, Mike, thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you guys on the field. Thanks for having me, Brian. Anytime. That is head coach Mike Davis, and uh, uh, again, what a what a fun season this is going to be. Something new for football fans in the Vegas Valley, uh, and the Vegas Nighthawks will play three of their first four games at home, and a grand total of nine home games at the Dollar Loan Center. And for those of you looking to get tickets, you can see the Northern Arizona Wranglers this coming, or I shouldn't say this coming Friday, as in tomorrow, next Friday, so eight days from now. Uh, teams also coming to the Dollar Loan Center this year, the Tucson Sugar Skulls, the Arizona Rattlers, uh, who again were the uh, the runner-up, if you will, in last year's United Bowl uh, as they lost to the Massachusetts Pirates, who are also on the schedule, but will be uh, that'll be a game that the Nighthawks will play in Worcester. Uh, but other teams coming to uh, the Dollar Loan Center, the Duke City Gladiators will be making a visit. The San Diego Strike Force will be making a, a visit. The Quad City Steam Wheelers and the Bay Area Panthers. So uh, if you come down to the DLC, uh, lots of variety on the schedule, but also it's going to be a real fun, physical, high-flying product. And uh, as Mike Davis mentioned, there are no bad seats in this house. I know we've talked about that from a hockey perspective. It's the exact same footprint, the sidelines, if you will, the back of the end zones. It's the it's the boards. It's the hockey boards. That's so the the front row for hockey is the front row for IFL football. So you can you can uh, have a pretty good sense of what you're buying ticket wise if you're used to going there for hockey. Once of course everyone once anyone's used to going to the TLC, uh, but it's it's going to be great uh, on top of the action opportunities for fans. There are no nosebleeds at the DLC. There are no no. I, I've been in the catwalks. Uh, exploring things for one reason or another, and that feels like you're hanging over the ice. Uh, it is an intimate, cozy, tight building, and that is going to make it a loud building as well with the help, of course, of all of you at home. So uh, get your tickets for Vegas Nighthawks football. For all things Nighthawks, head to nighthawksfootball.com, nighthawksfootball.com. Henderson Silver Knights will continue their road trip while all the fun is happening at the DLC with the Nighthawks. The Silver Knights will be in Des Moines at Wells Fargo Arena on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and then they'll head to San Diego to take on the Gulls. And 
as we mentioned talking to Paul Cotter, this this is an important road trip for the Silver Knights. Got to get right, got to get back in the win column, uh, and got to start uh, reestablishing the separation they have with the San Diego Gulls and uh, even the Tucson Roadrunners behind them uh, as the Silver Knights look to reestablish their footing in the Pacific. That'll wrap today's show. Special thanks to Paul Cotter and to Nighthawks head coach Mike Davis for joining on. Uh, the Henderson Silver Knights are on the ice in Iowa. A 6 o'clock central start in Des Moines. So, of course, a 4 o'clock Pacific time on Saturday. A 1 o'clock Pacific time in the afternoon on Sunday. The final two meetings for the Silver Knights and the Iowa Wild this season. We'll be here on 12th of the game to bring you all the action. I'm Brian McCormick. Thanks for joining us on HSK Today. Tune in tonight for Golden Knights and Buffalo Sabres in New York.